always enjoy having the opportunity to celebrate our graduates, uh, seeing their pictures from childhood all the way up to the present, and the staff enjoys the day we get to dress up in our academic regalia and celebrate along with them, so lots of fun. Well, hey, we're still looking, uh, finishing up some of the Easter promises that are found in the book of Revelation. And so this morning, we're going to have a number of texts that come from the book of Revelation that I'm going to put on the screen in a few minutes because there are going to be so many that you're going to have difficulty, even if you wanted to move through your Bibles of following along, so I'll make it easy for you. But I want to start out this morning by just saying that my guess is that most of you in this place, when you go home, you have a favorite place that you like to hang out meaning you have a favorite place you like to sit in your den, your living room, your family room. Some people I know are couch folks. Some people may be a favorite chair that has an ottoman in front of it. Other people are recliner type folks. So I'm just kind of curious to see what the lay of the land is, is this morning. When you're at your favorite place in your home kind of hanging out, Resting, watching television, reading the paper, whatever you're doing. How many of you are couch people? Raise your hand if you're a couch person. Okay, we got a few couch folks here today. All right, how many of you have a favorite chair, and it may even have an ottoman in front of it? Raise your hand if you're kind of a chair person. All right, we got several chair people. All right, now I've saved the best for last because I'm a recliner person. And I just want to know how many of you are like me. You like to lay back in the recliner. Okay. You are the saints. What about the recliner? What about the recliner? You know, um, when we think together about our life, when Christ comes back, okay, just think about that for a moment. And we've talked about this some over the last several Sundays. We know that when Christ comes back, that we will fulfill the promise of Scripture that what happened to Jesus is going to happen to us. Meaning, there's going to be the resurrection of the body. All right? There's going to be, we're all going to have a bodily resurrection, just like Jesus did. His disciples recognized him. They could touch him. They could hug him. They could hear him speak. They watched him eat. I'm sure he slept during those days before he ascended back to his Father in heaven. So we know there's going to be the resurrection of the body. And we also know that when Christ comes back, that heaven is going to come down and God is going to reunite heaven with earth and recreate the earth. And we are going to reign and serve God and work together in this recreated world that will be heaven. That's the vision of Revelation. We, we read about it several weeks ago in Revelations 21. Now, what are we going to do in this recreated world in which we live? Well, you know, undoubtedly there will be worship. We've read about worship in the book of Revelation. We know that worship is going on right now in heaven because we've read about the visions that John of Patmos saw about worship going on, and there will be some rest. So no doubt, you'll have an opportunity to grab your favorite pew in this recreated heaven and earth, 
and you'll get to spend some time in the recliner or on the couch and in the chair and rest. But what I want you to understand is that your time in the recliner will be limited. Your time in the recliner will be limited. We're going to have work to do. We're going to have service to perform. We're going to have new responsibilities in this new recreated heaven and earth. And what I want you to understand is that there are going to be rewards. And those rewards are going to be based on your faithfulness in this life right now. What you do now counts for a lot right now, but what you do now is going to count for the future. You're going to be given greater responsibility in the next life with God based on your faithfulness right now. Now let's come back to right now for a moment. God invites you and me to work with him right this moment in preparation for the future. God wants us to take our little kingdoms and integrate it into his greater kingdom of what he's doing. Now, we all have a kingdom. Do you know that? You've got a kingdom. A kingdom is a place where you have influence, where you have authority, where you have control, where you have power. So we all have our little spheres of kingdoms where we have some control and authority and influence. So whether you have a job, whether in your school, if you're a student by chance, still in school, that's your kingdom. If you're involved in a community or civic organization, in your neighborhood, in the life of the church, we all have our little kingdoms, our places where we rule, where we reign, where we have some influence and authority. So God is inviting us to take what we're doing in our little kingdoms and join them with him. And we're doing it to make a difference now, but we're also doing it in preparation for the future. Because down the road, God is going to give us greater responsibilities. We're going to have limited time in the pews of the churches of heaven, and we're going to have limited time in the recliner. Now, the various responsibilities and creative efforts that you have right now are going to follow you into eternity. I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see how God uses teachers or how God uses salespersons or healthcare professionals or attorneys or bankers or law enforcement officers or judicial system workers. How is God going to use artists and musicians and writers and poets? How will God use sewers and weavers or makers of pottery and quilts? How do you think God will use construction designers or workers? How might he use social workers or counselors? I'm going to really be interested to see how God's going to use professional or amateur athletes. What do you think about that? And the big question is, how will God use ministers? Surely, if there's enough worship... Amy, we'll have something to do. Michael, we'll have something to do in this recreated heaven and earth. But I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm just confident that God in his wisdom has already created a place of responsibility that he's prepared for you and me in eternity. Now, just so you won't think I'm making all of this up, let me put a few scripture on the screen that comes from the book of Revelation. We're just going to 
kind of take a path through the book of Revelation, starting at the beginning. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve. There it is, to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Revelations 5, you have made them, speaking of us, to be a kingdom and priest to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. See, heaven is coming down, that vision of Revelations 21. Heaven is coming down, reunited with, with the earth here, and heaven will be right here. And we will serve and reign with him forever and ever. Next scripture. Uh, therefore, uh, Revelation 7, they are before the throne of God and what? Serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Then the kingdom of the world. Now that's, that's your places of responsibility right now. In your work, in the school, in the community, in the civic organizations, coaching Little League Baseball. Uh, teaching dance and music to kids, tutoring kids on Monday and Tuesdays here at Oakmont, just as a few examples. The kingdom of the world, your little kingdoms, has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. We're going to be a part of that. Then in Revelation 19, then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you his, what? Servants. That's you and me. You who fear him, both great and small. Revelations 20. They, now this is a reference to the martyrs who died faithful to Jesus in the book of Revelation. They came to life and reigned. That's another word of saying serving, had places of, of responsibility. They reigned with Christ a thousand years. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign. Meaning, they're going to work. They're going to serve with him for a thousand years. And then, Revelations 22, the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants, that's you and me, his servants will serve him and they will reign or work or serve forever and ever. And then John here is talking to the angel and but he, the angel, said to me, this is John of Patmos, who's written the book of Revelation, do not do it, meaning worship the angel. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers, the prophets, and all who keep the words of this book. Worship God. I am a fellow servant. We're all servants. Is that all I got for that section there? I think it is. All right. So, we're going to be working. We're going to be serving in eternity. There's going to be a job for you and for me. Now, you know, sometimes it's easy to get discouraged, though, right now, isn't it, in what we do? We, we wonder if what we're doing now counts. Does it, does it really make a difference in people's lives? When we do our professional work, when we volunteer in community or civic or church or other places, when we give of our time, our talents and abilities, when we invest financially in our church or some community organization, and we wonder, does it make a difference? And I'm here to tell you today, it makes a difference, a big difference, what you do. The Apostle Paul 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It's known as the resurrection chapter of the Bible. Hear what Paul says. He writes, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Now, the work of the Lord is whatever you and God are doing together. Right now, it may be your professional job. It may be something you're doing volunteering. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I just want you to understand that what you do professionally and in our community and in our church, it counts for a lot. And you are making a difference in people's lives. You know, know, I was at a car dealership this past week. And I love what the service manager told me. I I said to him, I said, you know, um, you're a good salesman. But you just sold me a couple parts for my car I was not expecting to buy. And he said, well, you know, I really regard what I'm doing as a service to people. I want to help them. I I truly want to make a difference and help them and in this particular instance with their cars. And I loved what he had to say because he saw his job, the service manager of the dealership saw his job, in essence, he didn't say it this way, he saw his, his job as a service, as a ministry to people. What you do counts in people's lives. And lots of times we don't even realize it. Now, I also want you to understand that the Bible teaches rewards. Do you know that? The Bible teaches rewards. That you are going to be rewarded based on your faithfulness right now in whatever God has assigned you to do. Now, when we talk about rewards, uh, we're not thinking so much about a pat on the back or a bonus or a reward for bringing back a lost pet or some lost item of someone. A reward is celebrating what God has done through you. And the fact that he has done something through you to the point that you've been faithful and he's going to give you more responsibility in the future. That's what a reward is all about. So, just so you don't think I'm making this up, let's look at some more scripture about how God is going to reward us based on our faithfulness now. Look at Revelations 11. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead. And for what? Rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your saints. That's you and me. We're the saints of God. Uh, For rewarding your saints and those who reverence your name both small and great, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Next scripture, Revelation 14. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor. See, I told you there'd be some time in the recliner, didn't I? Some time on the couch. They will rest from their labor for their what? Their deeds will follow them. Next scripture, Revelation 20. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. 
The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. What we have done is going to follow us. Revelations twenty-two twelve. Behold, I am coming soon. My what? What does it say? Reward. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Now, the next scripture is uh, Paul writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul says, By the grace of God given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, now we're kind of moving down in the quality here, aren't we? Wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day, that's a reference to the second coming of Christ and our being judged, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his what? Reward. You're not very loud this morning. Are you asleep? He will receive his what? Thank you. He will receive his reward. If it's burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved. We're not talking about your salvation now. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. The quality and the faithfulness of what you do is going to, to um, go through the testing of fire, of God's judgment, and you're going to be rewarded based on your faithfulness with future responsibility. Next scripture. This is Jesus uh, and the parable of the talents. And Jesus said... Uh, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. See, faithfulness now, based on the future, come and share your master's happiness. But then we've got the guy who buried his talent and didn't use it. He didn't use in this life what God gave him. So the, Jesus says in the, in the parable, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This idea of rewards. And finally, lest you think we're talking about works righteousness, let me just make clear, you don't earn your salvation. Okay, It's not based on what you do that God loves you and accepts you. So I want to be really clear about this, which is why I put Ephesians 2 here. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. All right? So you don't earn it, not by works, so that no one can boast. But often we don't go on to read verse 10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Your good works do not save you, but the works that you do in the jobs and the responsibilities that God gives you right now, when you're faithful in them, God rewards you by giving you more responsibility in eternity. Thank you for putting that scripture on the screen.
Let me end by telling you a story. It's the story of the king's personal servant. One day he left the castle. He went walking out into a dense forest, and he slipped and he fell down this hill. And at the bottom of the hill, he found this cup. And he picked up the cup, and he rubbed it, and out popped a genie. This is a real story. <laughs> out popped the genie. Can you believe it? And the genie said to the king's best servant, the genie said, you're finding this cup was no accident. You've worked hard all of your life, so you may receive one wish. But be careful, because you can only have one. One wish. How about if you only had one wish? What would it be? So, the king's best servant replied, You know, all of my life I've been in positions that require me to serve others. In fact, I'm known as the servant of the kingdom. So in the future, I want people to wait on me. I want the tables turned and I want everything done for me in the future. Well, the man climbed back up the hill, went through the dense forest, headed back to the castle and he couldn't believe it. He got back to the castle and suddenly the doors opened up for him. He went in and sat down, and would you believe it? His food was waiting for him on the table. It was already cooked. Someone came along and cleaned up the dishes. People came and gathered his clothes and washed them and dried them and put them back in his room. I mean, he was not allowed to do any of his usual work. Everything was done for him. He didn't have to lift a finger for, to do a thing. Well, you know, in the first month, the newness of the situation really amused him. I mean, it was fun. He'd been serving people all of his life and working, and now suddenly everybody was doing everything for him. And then in the, in the second month, it kind of became a little irritating to him. Every time he turned around, there was somebody standing there doing something for him. And by the third month, it had become unbearable. He was done with it. So the man returned back to the forest and found the genie. And he said to the genie, I've discovered that having people wait on me isn't as pleasant as I thought. I'd like to return to my original status and once again be known as the servant of the kingdom. And the genie replied, well, I'm sorry, but, but I can't help you. I was only given the power to grant one wish. And the man said, but, but you don't understand. I found it far more rewarding to do things for other people rather than having things done always for me. Why, to tell you the truth, I'd rather be in hell than not be able to serve others. And the genie replied sorrowfully, where do you think you've been, my friend, for the last 90 days? The Apostle Paul, remember what he wrote in 1 Corinthians 15. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. 
That's what you and God are doing together right now. Because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I want you to know what you're doing makes a difference. It makes a difference in people's lives. And what you're doing now, it's going to carry into eternity. Your faithfulness here is going to carry into eternity in new and creative ways of working and serving with God. So yes, thankfully, I'm glad to acknowledge this, we will get some time in the recliner or on the couch or in the chair, but understand, it will be on a limited basis. Roll up your sleeves, folks, and get to work. Let's pray together. God, we thank you this day for the great vision that you have given us in Scripture not just in the book of Revelation, but really throughout all of Scripture, that the work we do now is meaningful, it's important to others and to you, God, and that you're inviting us to be faithful now so that you can entrust us with additional responsibility in the future. So, Lord, we want to be faithful, and we want to be hearing the words of that parable, well done my good and faithful servant. Lord, let that be the word that you speak to each of us this day and in the days to come as we offer our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.